Tama Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Tama Kittens, welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the team, your Tila, and I'm here with hello and your Tila, Lorenzo, and kiss my love husband. Hello. And it is a very special, very loopy yes. PSO this week because we are literally recording from our uh, hotel room at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Our fabulous room. Yes, our fabulous room looking out over the fountains. If you hear something loud in the background, it will be the fountains going off because they sound like fireworks. Um, we're just having a fabulous time. Yes. And uh, we're on day three and we go back home tomorrow on Forge, but um, we're going to... I mean, it's so weird to be doing this in a in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Uh, we are literally different. side. Our faces are side by side. I know. Side. We're like we have one microphone between us because we weren't going to pack all our podcasting equipment with us. We just basically packed a microphone and a couple of laptops. Um, anyway, we're having a wonderful time. This is our first time here. I have been trying to get Lorenzo to come to Las Vegas. I don't I like. Dozens of times over the last 20 years or so, I've said, we've got to go. It's so much fun. It's so quintessentially American. And my snotty husband for years <laughs> was like, no, no. And then um, the Clark County Library, shout out to Suzanne Scott yeah, at the Clark yes. County Library, invited us out to speak about Legendary Children, our book. Uh, and actually, they, made, they extended that invitation uh, two years ago almost, or it, it was well before our book came out. Um, this was in the planning, and then of course, got um, canceled. That bitch Rona happened, and everything got shut down. And we thought we would never tour for this book again. And fortunately, Suzanne contacted us when it looked like things might be lifted. She contacted us about six months ago and said, "Are you still interested?" And we were like, "Oh my god, yes!" And that's we, the real, the whole reason why we're here because we're like, "Well, you know, we've never been to Vegas, so let's just right um, combine both. You know, some some fun." Um, have have a good time and and also you know meet our readers meet and, our and, kittens and promote and talk the, about book. the book yeah, yeah. so um, and when she contacted us um, we didn't know what things were I mean this was last probably last January um, and we didn't know what the world was going to look like we didn't know whether lockdown was going to be lifted whether we were going to be vaccinated in time. But we said yes, and she asked us for dates, and we said the latest possible date in the month of June, just so we, you know, we wouldn't might. get canceled again. Yeah. And um, sure enough, everything fell into place. Thank you, Biden administration, for getting everyone vaccinated. And we were able to proceed with this. So it was ah, just such a gift to be able to go out into the world and meet right. people and answer questions about the book and that sort of thing. And on top of it, we've been having this freaking fabulous and fun vacation it's, it's it's amazing i have to say it's it's amazing he's yeah. already talking about coming back yeah maybe. like in less than a year he's like maybe in march we'll come back but it's just everything is amazing over the top delicious and fabulous uh, it's just yeah i mean it, it's just perfect but everything is perfect for the place for the atmosphere for the vibe uh it, it's it's great we're having a wonderful time uh we've been to several places already our friend david was here he came to see us uh let me just jump in here real quick before we get all caught because i think we're going to talk a bit about our las vegas adventure but i do want people to know that this is what this week's podcast is going to be we're kind of patched it together on the fly uh we're going to talk a little bit about our vegas vacation of course but we're also going to um touch on the unveiling of the princess diana statue which happened earlier today we're recording this on thursday 
and because we have some thoughts on how the statue looks. And um, I'm going to jump in at the end and do some Marvel recapping, reviewing. Wanted to talk a little bit about the latest episode of Loki, which I haven't had a chance. We haven't had a chance to write much about Loki. And we saw a screener of Black Widow, and I have not, because we traveled this week, I have not had a chance to write a review, so I'm going to give you my thoughts on that as a total nerd. One of the things we loved uh, in the past week of getting to do book stuff and meeting people was how many people came up to us and said, how many women came up to us and said, oh, my husband reads you for all I the know, nerdy it's so stuff. Funny. It's awesome. So this is a shout out to all the husbands out there. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. But first, Lorenzo. What is your impression of Las Vegas? Uh, I, I love it. I love it. It's everything I thought it would be. Uh, it was kind of the same reaction I had when I, we went to California. Uh, I went to California for the first time. Uh, it, it's exactly what you imagine, uh, all the pictures you see. You, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's We're really putting our vaccinations to the test here. Holy cow. <laughs> if we man. don't have a cold by the end of this, it'll be in a, in a, just a miracle. Uh, because it's crowded everywhere um i you mean, walk out onto these casino floors and it's like oh my god i guess i guess a pandemic did not just happen yeah i mean we packed we, with people we we still keep our our distance and we, we do our best to you know not be there's no such thing as keeping your distance in a casino there's yeah, like but, no but, such thing but when we walk around i still make sure that i'm not too close to people yes uh you know the best i can but it, it's it's been great we've been out like i said our friend david came to see us and um um, we had fun. We he went. lives in Phoenix, so he was close by. He right. used to live in Philly. He's a um, friend of ours from a while back. So it was good to have a little reunion with him. So we ha we're having great food, you know, going to very nice and interesting restaurants and, and bars. And drinking. Right. And on day one, we were on our way into the hotel. And <laughs> Let me tell you something. One thing I was not oh expecting God. is that Las Vegas, you walk down the streets and it absolutely reeks of weed. <laughs> It's insane. I know. You pass by any valet parking or taxi stand in any of the hotels, and it's just all people standing outside smoking pre-rolls. Because you can buy it here. Anywhere. They have a cannabis superstore. And uh, the fact that, you know, the minute you get off the plane, there's like, you know, uh, casinos everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's like machines everywhere to play. Blackjack machines. Yeah. And, yeah it's, it's slots just, machines. It's, it's, we well, don't gamble at all. I know. And, it just, and then, uh, yeah. But I think I... I reached my my wow moment <laughs> when we went to the Venetian uh, hotel and they had gondolas and they had everything. <laughs> that like, is, that is yeah. just we're wow. staying at the Bellagio when when it, okay when when we um, said yes to this trip, I turned to Lorenzo and I said, uh, "We're going to Vegas for this Clark County Library thing." But you, Lorenzo, books all our our um, vacation stuff. So I said, "You're booking at least four days. We're getting it a day before and we're going to leave two days after." And, you know, I said, we're not, we're staying on the strip. Like, we're not doing some cheap hotel. We're not doing some out-of-the-way hotel. And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, honestly, let's just go to the Bellagio. That's the one. I, I remember it from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I want to face the fountain. Like, this was my, I had a list of things. And I'm like, we're facing the fountains. And you make sure when you call in that we're facing the fountain. So, and the strip. Yeah, we wanted the whole experience. Right. Like, what's the point in coming to love? Vegas for a couple of days and not, you know, especially, getting the whole experience. Right. Especially if, you, if it's your first time, then, you know, you want to have some fun and, and do it the way you think you, you now know, the enjoy. Yeah, I'm sorry. The shows are just opening up. So we didn't make any. And there was, you know, no one right now is really doing anything. There's no one. 
that we would want to see. Cirque du Soleil was completely sold out and we weren't even going to try and get to it. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Celine is still here or Britney is still here. And I don't know if I'm ready for a a room packed of people. (laughs) That's true. Well, Uh, we've been in rooms full of people though. No, but but it's different. At least a little more airy. I was sitting together with a bunch of people to watch a show. You mean like in all these restaurants that we've been in? I don't know, but um, I think it it is more people if you're going to watch a show than than a restaurant, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I, I, I knew two things I knew was that we weren't going to gamble because it's just not my deal. And we likely weren't going to go see any shows. So we've been wandering up and down the strip. We've been going in and out of, you know, the hotels and casinos, just ogling everything. Good food. Weed gummies. Because <laughs> you can buy them on a kiosk on the street. Um, and drinks. like And poolside. Like I, I said the other day in one of the tea lounges like we're just lying by the pool feeling slightly buzzed full right. of food and just basking in the sun and and the event was great uh we met a lot of our readers and they were so nice they <laughs> uh, we they actually we actually had families coming together which was so cool i know uh, yeah. there was actually like a mom and dad and two kids who two came kids and came and, and another it, mom and her daughter came yeah it, it was nice it was very nice and everyone is so friendly and i i always say this i can't thank you guys enough for coming um, I mean, just the fact that someone actually left their house to see us, to come see us. I mean, I'm still, you know, very grateful for that. And, and it's always fun to talk to you guys for a little bit and just, you know, see you. And we do remember all of you. Trust me. Uh, we do. We we truly do. Um, so it was fun. It was it was a nice talk. Um, we're loving being here and having a good time. Uh, it's not too hot. Thank God. It's hot enough. It's, it's hot, hot enough. enough. Excuse I mean, me. Yeah. Some days are really, really hot. I know. But uh, we go out and wander around for two hours and then we're like, all right, let's go back into our hotel dead, room. Yes. Yeah. Or let's go lie by the pool. Um, but it's been fun. I haven't had this much rich food in me and I can't remember how long. Um, and I kind of <laughs> can't wait to go home and have a salad or two because I'm kind of, t- we went out to a steakhouse last night when honestly, Lorenzo's a vegetarian. Um, and I don't even go, I don't, I don't go to steakhouses all that much, but our friend David picked the place and we were like, we knew Lorenzo could get shrimp or something. And I, I just had a filet. I had an eight ounce filet. That's nothing outrageous, but I woke up this morning and I said, I'm like, it's coming out of my pores. Like there's meat smell coming out of my pores because I haven't had anything that rich in, I can't remember how long. Um, we love all the showgirls down, walking down the street, you know, charging for pictures and everything about it. I think when Hacks came out, it mm-hmm. sort of prepped you for this. Right. No, and I knew it because you watch things, you know, you watch like movies. Hacks. Yes, you watch movies and TV shows and, and things like that. Um, and I do want to see the, the the because the strip is every, it's where everyone is and, and every, where everyone wants to be. But I do want to go downtown where is the old vegas everybody talking yeah about. we're doing that later tonight yeah i do want to see the the uh, you know the more uh traditional and old signs and yeah neon he wants signs. to see vegas vic the neon cowboy that you've yes, seen yeah, all I mean, the old movies I, yeah i mean you watch a, a movie from the 40s and 50s that's all that's all you see so i do want to see all you that. wouldn't think this if you listen to us but of the two of us lorenzo is insanely touristy when he goes to places he wants to do all most touristy stuff uh last night after the reading and after the steakhouse we went, he insisted that we had to go to the Chandelier Bar in the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 
showing showcasing all these restaurants and bars in in the lounge posts and one of them and it actually a year ago exactly a year ago i posted the chandelier bar in the lounge post and i loved it i thought it was beautiful so i was like why don't we go tomorrow um tomorrow we went yesterday but anyway i was talking to my friend david time like, means nothing I here <laughs> and i'm like why don't we go to the chandelier bar i'd love it my god it's amazing it's such a awesome it, it's just beautiful beautiful service was amazing um it's not too crowded and and you're literally inside the chandelier yeah um, and the hilarious thing about three gay men hitting the town in las vegas is that we sat every i think every place we went to we critiqued the waitresses uniforms i know we were like oh those blue lace dresses are horrible just horrible and then at the venetian they had uh the waitresses were all in two pieces and um, just very I was appalled by that. It's such a terrible color for them. And, you know, the, the kind of conversations that most men probably don't have when they're, you know, waitresses are coming up to their table with a tray of beers and a bikini top. But, but anyway, we're having a wonderful time anyway. and uh, we're here for <laughs> that's not Bitch. what i mean. but anyway i'm not for his nonsense back to me uh, <laughs> that's not what i mean it is exactly 100 <laughs> what he meant <laughs> anyway uh we're having a good time and uh it was nice to see you guys and and promote the book again talk about the book again talk about queer the queer community and and the queer history and all that which is a great really, way to yeah, close out pride right, right. and on that note Pride is a time to celebrate all things LGBTQ+, but Pride also means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. That's why this year, Bombas is choosing to be proud in every way of your sexuality, your gender, your culture, all the things that have shaped your unique pride. And they're doing it with a new collection of colorful clothing inspired by all the different experiences that make up the LGBTQ+. Plus community. There's something for everyone in this collection. Want socks inspired by different pride flags? Bombas made some. Or maybe you're looking for a super soft stripe rainbow shirt, which they also made. They even have special pride underwear that are so colorful, you'll have to resist showing them off. Uh, I wore my pride socks, my Bombas pride socks, yes. to the library uh, event last night. Um, I actually packed all my Bombas socks for this week. And uh, I know... Um, we're coming to the end of Pride Month, but as I tweeted the other day, uh, my Pride does not have an expiration yes, we're pride date. Pride every day. Yes, Pride is every day. So the Bombas Pride Collection is also designed to give back. For every clothing item you purchase, another item will be donated to someone affected by homelessness in the LGBTQ plus community. Homelessness disproportionately affects the entire LGBTQ plus population, but people of color and transgender individuals within the community are even more at risk for it. That's why each donation will be giving will be going to one of three organizations working specifically with transgender and BIPOC communities. So to shop the collection and learn more about the organizations your purchase will be supporting, visit bombas.com slash TLO and use code TLO to get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TLO because pride never ends. Exactly. Um, so what are we talking about first? You want to talk about Princess Diana? Yes, we can talk about that. Go. Um. It's interesting. I completely forgot that they were going to have uh, uh, some sort of like, I don't know, event today. And, and it was an, it's her 60th birthday. Right. I and Harry forgot. Yeah. Harry flew back. It was a big deal. Megan did not. Uh, so that he and William could unveil her, her commemorative statue. It's kind of crazy that they're 
really haven't been any official commemorative statues of her. It's been, you know, 24 years since she died. Um, but they, uh, and it was unveiled in uh, the sunken garden at Kensington Palace, which was her favorite place. It is a really pretty garden. We're showing pictures of it today on the news, and I, it's really, really pretty. But the brothers unveiled the statue, and I mean, I think there was a collective, that's it? Like, that's what they chose? It's, I don't know. It's okay. Um, it's interesting what they chose to highlight with Diana. I mean, the brothers were behind the, the stat. They chose the statue. I don't understand the kids. Who are the kids? It's various children. That's okay. the part that's on. When they first unveiled it, I was like, oh my God, it's her with Harry and William. And then I realized, no, it's her with a black child and a little girl. And then there's another child behind oh, her. Oh, I see. I understand. So now. it's supposed to, you know, show her as this figure who, you know, because she did work to, to a lot of her work, uh, her charity work and her advocacy work was right. for children. And certainly it makes sense that her two sons would want her presented in a maternal sort of way. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, there's all, I don't know. I just feel like, well, she did so much work for things like landmines and AIDS patients. And I feel like it's almost reducing her down to one thing. Um, and the other thing that I, it's it only sort of looks like her. I. It's one of those statues where I don't have to be told who it is. You can tell. I think you can tell it's Diana, can't you? Not really. No. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, if you're if I was like walking and passed by it, I, I would know. Okay. Especially fair because there, uh, you know, there's a bunch of children around her. So I don't know. It's not very specific of her and. That's what it. I and they put her. They it. The first thing I said is that's what she's wearing when they unveiled it. It's just. Of all the th things you could have pictured Diana in, mm -hmm. putting her in like a blouse and a pencil skirt with a big chunky A-style belt, I'm like, that's that's really not the image of Diana most people have. The and image if you Google the the picture, it it's a nice outfit, but it just didn't translate well. Yeah, I, it's I, based I, when you say Google the picture, you mean the photograph that? Yeah, the is, photograph. I'm, yeah, that's what I meant. The, the photograph, the original um, picture that whatever. Yeah, there's a photo. Go ahead. There's a photograph of her and Harry when he's like, he can't be more than six or seven years old. And um, she's wearing this outfit in the photograph. I guess that's why it was chosen. I'm sure it has tremendous significance to Harry and probably William as well. But I don't know. I I didn't expect her to be in the revenge dress. I didn't expect or a her. Gown. Or uh, Yeah, I didn't expect her to be in a tiara. I didn't expect any of that. But um I think probably a more fitting outfit might have been, say, sort of the khakis and blouse that she wore when she did walk through that minefield. Those famous, famous, famous pictures mm -hmm. when she was battling, you know, um, minefield, not battling, but she was speaking out against minefields because it was such a brave thing for her to do at that time. Um, did you know if they had any input at all? Like in they totally did. The entire thing was them. Oh, okay. Uh, they they chose. The they chose everything. They were behind the entire thing. It was strictly a William and Harry thing. Of course, it's not like the Queen was behind this or Charles. They weren't going to do this sort of work. Um, I don't know. Well, it's good then. It's fine. It's clearly right. what they wanted. Um, and of course, the press was all over the fact that the two of them are appearing side by side together. And there's, you know, there's been so many stories about them fighting um, and not speaking to each other. And there was a, this rumor that they were at each other's throats at Prince Philip's funeral. And then there was another story that um, 
that uh, are you, he's, you're pointing to a picture. That's Charles Spencer. That's Diana's brother. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen that picture yet. There's a picture with, with her brother. and Diana's brother and her two sisters were yeah. there, but nobody yeah. else, nobody from the royal family was there, of course, except William and Harry. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, I think it's great. I think she deserved that type of, uh, you know, homage of to her. And, and, and yeah, and it's beautiful garden. Where oh, she I know. I was talking about the fight between the two of them. That's right. And there was rumors that at one point, it all came out that back in the day, Harry or William threw Harry out of Kensington Palace. They had a huge fight over Meghan and the bullying charges. This was leaked to the press. And whenever the palace leaks something to the press, you always have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, because they only leak stuff like that to foster a narrative. Mm -hmm. So the narrative was, you know, that the palace was putting out was that Megan came between the two brothers. It's sort of this Yoko Ono take on the, the royal family. Um, anyway, just thought it was notable. Just thought we'd give our thoughts on it. It's not an ugly statue. It's just a sort of, mm, that's it. Me. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's the it's the version of Diana that only her sons would. Right would note would that's how they see see her or remember her and that makes perfect sense it's very lovely from that perspective but it is a public memorial so i personally i would have i think it would have been better if they had projected a more recognizable image of diana instead of this very private image of her that it's not the, it's not the image of her that you think of when you think of princess diana it's mm -hmm. just not like i said would not expect her I don't think it would be completely out of question to put her in, a, in one of her famous gowns, but I understand why her sons didn't do that. Um, it's just that she's in a style of clothing that literally nobody ever thinks of when they think of her. I don't think a pencil skirts, giant belts and tuxedo blouses. That's not Diana to me. If you want to do like her early eighties pie crust collars or those big sailor right, suit right. I think collars that would be better. Or know. later, Diane, like the 90s Diana, who was wearing Versace and that sort of thing, you know, little, she was, she started wearing suits like um, Jackie Kennedy style suits after the divorce, like that would have been appropriate, mm -hmm. but this, it's fine, it's whatever, but it's a public memorial, but it, it looks like a private memorial to me, that's, that, it's not a criticism, it's just an observation. Uh, another observation is that it is well past time for Harry to shave his head because, man, <laughs> I mean, he's got a like a monk's tonsure. He's just got a bald spot so large on the crown of his head that because they were photographing him and William from behind as they were um, unveiling the statue. And it's like, oh, boys, no. Wow. Yeah, he's really bald. And they're young. Uh, I mean, yeah, they are both relatively. Uh, William went bald yeah, in his early 30s, early, yes. I think. Nothing wrong with that. In hey. fact, I think I'm sitting here next to my bald husband. Of course, I, there's nothing wrong with that. And I honestly think Harry would look better if he shaved his head. Probably, yeah. That, you know, that sort of monk's ring around the head, There's that just ages <laughs> everybody. It's just That's not a true. good look. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Anyway. Um, any more thoughts on that? No, I think that's it. Um, it's interesting. I'm, um, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm glad they did it. She deserves something like that. And, um, it's in a beautiful place, uh, where she liked, uh, to, you know, walk and, and sit, I guess sit on a bench and have a good time. So, so I think it's great. I think it, it's great. And, you know, I was expecting something a little better in terms of what, I don't know, the pose, how she posed or, or the picture, I yeah. mean, not the picture, the, um, you know, whatever she was wearing for, but anyway, 
I, I mean, like I said, Diana, Diana, if you want to talk about her advocacy and her charity work, there was so much that she did and so much of it that was groundbreaking, like the way she um, she advocated for AIDS patients and she held their hands and hugged them. I mean, that was history making work on her part, her work advocating against, you know, speaking out against landmines. Again, that was historic. Nobody else was doing that. It was very brave work on her part. So I'm not opposed to a to a version of her that celebrates her work for children, but I just feel like that's a very sort of mainstream and easy way of looking at her. She was, if you're really being true about Diana, she was uh, something of a trailblazer when it comes to right. royal life and royal history. So I guess I would have liked to have seen more of that, but two sons who lost their mother young, they don't see her as a trailblazer, they see her as a maternal figure. Mm. So I guess on that level, it's very touching. Um, yes? Yes, perfect. <clears throat> Pardon me. Before we move on to, um, this is turning out to be a really short podcast. We're blazing through this thing. Anyway. But we're in a hotel room. We're doing our yes, best. People. We're doing our best here. We're doing our best. Uh, I did want to do a shout out. It is Pride Month. so this is, And we are in uh, Nevada. So we feel that we have to give a shout out to Catalina Enriquez, who just won the Miss Nevada USA. Yeah. Title, and she is the first transgender woman to uh, win a major beauty title and to wow. go on to the Miss USA title. Wow, that's amazing. We had an interesting uh, question that was thrown our way um, this week uh, about her, um, where someone asked, because she won and she wore a dress. It was really actually a beautiful sequined dress where it was the rainbow flag in dress form. Mm -hmm. And she made the dress herself. And someone asked us, well, is that really all that different from drag she's making her own costumes she's in a pageant she you know and she's a trans woman and i just want to say uh our book has worked very hard to um center the stories of trans women in the history of drag and in the history of queer culture but you always have to be careful to understand that trans and drag are two different things they're they overlap in our history they over there and as drag race has shown there are plenty of trans drag performers but every time a woman, a trans woman gets up on stage does not make her I mean, a, dra a drag queen. Or that she's performing. Yeah, I way. mean, yeah. I do not think Catalina, Cataluna would ever, ever see her. I can't speak for herself, but I really don't think she sees what she does as drag. That's, she's a woman. Like, mm -hmm. she's a woman in a beauty pageant. Um, if she's a drag queen, well, then all women in beauty pageants are drag queens. Right. And you, know, you could make that argument. But I don't think it's a good idea to single her out for and and look at her as something different in the pageant world because she's a i mean she is something different but she's still a beauty queen like any beauty queen mm -hmm. and she is a woman participating in a woman's beauty pageant and i'm so happy for her i think there's of course of course there's a lot of backlash of course and uh people are all up in arms over it but it can't be anything but a good thing it's in my opinion and i hope she wins miss usa because first off she's gorgeous and secondly it would be history making agreed no i think it's great and and more power to her i'm sure she's been through a lot and in, uh, in terms of you know the kind of reaction that she gets yeah uh, all the time so she knows she knows and she's prepared i hope uh and i wish her the best i do too all right, so uh, Lorenzo, say goodbye because I'm gonna get all nerdy now. And you, oh, I know, I'm just gonna go and get a cocktail and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call room service. I know, and, maybe uh, by the pool or something. Pop you know. a weed gummy, and yes. well, I'm just gonna give my thoughts. Well, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> goodbye. Um, 
All right, I'm just going to take the microphone away from you. Feel free to interject <laughs> at any time. No, yes. By the way, I was watching Loki on my laptop in the hotel room early on Wednesday morning, and I'm going to say something shocking. Behind me, Lorenzo suddenly says, God, I hate his voice. Tom Hiddleston's voice. Shocking. Oh. Do you want to explain yourself, no, sir? No, not him. The other guy. I, I can't remember. Oh, name. Owen Wilson. Yes, I can't stand his voice. But, Fair. But again, I can't stand my voice here, too. Because so. I was like, Tom Hiddleston's voice? Really? Because yeah. he's actually kind of got a beautiful voice. No, no. Anyway, um, Loki. So it's been kind of a weird Marvel show because, well, they're all weird. There's been three of them, and each of them have been completely different from the other. Um but the interesting thing, I guess, about Loki as an MCU television show is the way it was constructed. It really took its time in like the first two or three episodes to lay out a story and lay out the world that it was sitting in, in a way that, um, well, I guess you could say WandaVision did the same thing. It did take a while before you understood what was happening in that show. Um, with Loki... They spent a lot of time talking and explaining. I think that's the difference between it and WandaVision. WandaVision showed you these sitcoms and you just sat through them wondering what the hell's going on. Whereas with Loki, from the start, it was long conversations of people explaining what was going on. Uh, long long scenes of Owen Wilson explaining the, the TVA to Loki or showing Loki scenes from his life and that sort of thing. Um, it's been interesting to watch. It's well-directed. And I like all the actors in it. I, lo I like Owen. Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston have tremendous chemistry together. When, um, what is her name? Sophia DiMartino. Is that her name? Yes. Came out uh, yeah. as Sylvie. Uh, I, I immediately fell in love with her. She was great. She's She isn't doing a Tom Hiddleston impersonation at all. Not even, not even, there's none of that. However, her, because she plays a, basically a female Yes, you're looking it up. Sophia DiMartino. Thank you. Um, she's basically, she is playing a female version of Loki from an alternate timeline. So you would think that she would be trying to do some version of Tom Hiddleston, but she's not. Not Even her accent is different from his. It's like, it feels like a more working class sort of London accent. Um, but uh, the previous episode that was the two of them together through the entire episode, bouncing off each other and sort of hating each other. And their chemistry is off the chain as well. I think you might just say that Tom Hiddleston is very good at generating chemistry with certain co-stars. But it was a, it was really fun to watch them and to watch as actors the way they um, s sort of sought out the similarities in each other. Like they in their they tried to integrate that into their performance. So Sophia DiMartino was not doing a Tom Hiddleston impersonation. But by the end of the hour that you spent with the two of them together, you could see her as a sort of a flipped version of him who comes from a much different background, a rougher version, obviously a female version. Um, and then this latest episode dropped the other day and it felt like the whole thing got upended. Uh, someone who we weren't sure whether they were good or bad came out basically as the main villain of the piece. I don't really, well, if we're talking about it, I don't want to, is everything okay yeah, with yeah, the mic? Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, we're doing that. Once again, doing it in a hotel room. Uh, this is why you can't hear Miss Mimi in the background because she's thousands of miles away from us. Anyway, um, so yeah, we found out who the real villain was, which, I mean, I'm just going to say it because 
what's the point in listening to this if you haven't watched the episode? Google and Beth Raw was was revealed to be not a nice lady, and the um the time masters or whatever the hell they're called were turned. It was a basically a Wizard of Oz moment where they were just all you know, animatronic robots. So they were not the great evil behind the whole thing. Uh, Owen Wilson got killed. Uh, Loki, Tom Hiddleston got killed. It was all very, and uh, one way Masako's character turned. This was all happened. This was actually a pretty raucous 40 minutes of MCU. And it was really fun to watch because suddenly the first three hours where they had to set so much up really, really paid off in a way that I have to salute the writing. That's very good television writing. And um, I guess it's almost, it's like sophisticated for for the MCU. And actually I thought WandaVision in, in a lot of ways was a sophisticated show, but this level of writing where they spent time building and spent time creating characters and creating relationships relationships and getting you invested in them and then completely upending the whole thing in the fourth hour. That's just good TV. So I really loved it. I don't know where the hell it's going. Tom, there was an after credit scene. Tom Hiddleston um, is now in some other, he didn't die. He's in some other alternate reality with three other alternate Loki's, one of which is played by Richard E. Grant. So things look like they're about to get super fun. And I can't wait to see where it goes. I think the thing with these MCU shows is every time the one of them comes out, the fandom really thinks that some major, major earth shattering event is going to happen. That's going to radically alter the MCU. And people were disappointed when WandaVision didn't do that. People were disappointed when the Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't do that. And even though, I mean, Loki is the one show that's really dropping a lot of hints that this is a game changer for the MCU. It's possible that it may be because we are talking about alternate timelines and stuff. And I'll make a prediction now. I do think um, this will establish the multiverse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I guess is something of a game changer. But I don't expect that much. I don't expect to, like, I'm not going to be disappointed the way I was when I thought WandaVision was going to change everything. Uh, so I, I'm just cautioning people. I think you should just enjoy the show, enjoy the performances, and see where it takes you without trying to second guess everything. Because every time that happens, people are disappointed. And I feel like, haven't we established by now these MCU shows are actually very standard and they end the way you pretty much you think they're going to end each time? So that's my thought on Loki. I'm surprised to be liking it as much as I do. It's possible I may like this the most out of the three MCU series. I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I really loved WandaVision. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this might be a better show. If anything, I think the, the writing is more sophisticated. I like the first, I watched the first episode because uh, our friend Greg um, um, came and to stay with us so he could take care of the cats while we were away. And he's a fan too. And he, and he doesn't have Disney Plus, yeah, right? He He's like, can I watch the yeah. So he wanted to watch uh, the show. And I, you know, I was trying to entertain him and, and you know, st stay with him chatting the whole way and um, the entire time, I mean. So um, so we put it on and I actually liked it. I thought it was very sophisticated. That's like, my I take. Yeah. yeah, I can't say much about it, but I thought it was I love the sarcastic humor. Yes. One. And and I thought everything was very sophisticated. Yeah, uh, looked very very cool and intelligent. Yeah, and and Hiddleston is probably one of the better actors in the MCU. 
Uh, so it's good to see him get to really stretch himself. And not that he's stretched. I don't think it's hard for him to play Loki at all, but to, ha- to stretch his legs a little bit. And uh, he's been playing Loki in so many different films that it's, he know, I, it's clear he really knows this character like the back of his hand. So I feel like he's having a lot of fun doing this sort of exploration because it really is an exploration of Loki as a character. Um, it, the main question in the series, which has been asked several times, is what makes a Loki a Loki? And there's been a lot of talk between the various, lo- the two main Lokis in the story about what 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 does make them Lokis? Is it is it? Be- is it because they lose all the time? That's the one question that comes up all the time is that Loki's lose all the time. Um, and uh, I don't want to get too far ahead into speculation, but I do think the point is, I mean, Loki expressed before he, uh, Tom Hiddleston Loki expressed action for his, his become a romantic thing. And I mean, several characters, Wilson commented on it. He's like, what a narcissist. You, the, the first person you fall in love with is literally yourself. But I don't know if the point is that he's like romantic or sexually interested in his female counterpart. I feel like the point is that he's literally learning to love himself, that he is a character full of so much self-loathing, which he has used to lash out at everybody in his life and in his family, uh, that this scene of him... He didn't kiss her. He just sort of grabbed her by the shoulders and looked very deeply into her eyes. This is just before uh, Gugu killed him. Um, and maybe he was going to kiss her, but I don't think the point is that they're entering into a romantic relationship. I think the ultimate point is that uh, he's a Loki who's going to learn to love himself, which is very different from any other Loki before. So we'll see. I just I think it's interesting. I think the questions of identity that are being pick like what makes a person a person is it their experiences or is it something so inherent to their character or their soul that wow i know i love the nerd stuff again this goes out to all the husbands who who listen to talk about the nerd (laughs) stuff um now black widow i saw a screener of it and you didn't get to see it i I watched it the night before we left for las vegas i do want to see it but we've been so busy yeah i think the screener expired you'll have to wait until july 9th when it comes out on disney plus or maybe we can go to a movie theater yeah no Um, i don't think so but anyway (laughs) oh come on we've been in a casino for the last week i am here to tell you it's good it's actually really good it is very much an MCU movie, so let's not, you know, let's not talk Oscar here. Let's not talk, you know, deep, deep storytelling. It is a Marvel movie, but um, Marvel, of all the movies it's done since it, you know, in the last eleven or twelve years, they've only had one female lead, and that is Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Uh, even though Scarlett Johansson has been in. Um, MCU movies going all the way back to Iron Man 2. She was in all the Avengers movies. She was in two of the Captain America movies. So she is one of the most utilized characters in the MCU, but she never had her own film. And I mean, that is just flat out sexism. I mean, everything about that was sexism. And even now, Scarlett talks about how badly the character was written in her early scenes because they over-sexualized her. 
the this movie actually addresses a tiny little bit of that in a very funny way that I'm not going to get into, but um, it actually addresses like if you remember, I mean, if you're an MCU fan, if you remember your introduction to her in Iron Man two, that that sort of iconic scene where she's fighting all those men in the hallway and it's the first time you see her in a Black Widow suit. There is a callback to that moment and it's very, very funny and it's very self-aware. It's like this meta moment. Um, without giving anything plot-wise away, it was a funnier movie than I expected to, it to be. It's not a laugh-a-minute movie and the storyline is actually fairly dark for an MCU movie because it... Um, sort of navigates and investigates the whole Black Widow program that she came from, which has been alluded to in several of the films, that she was trained from a child to be a spy and assassin or whatever. Now, the original storyline for her in the comics was that she was a Soviet spy um, because, she, you know, it was the 60s and she was Russian. She's still Russian, but they can't put a Soviet thing on her. So it's more about this sort of Russian crime boss who runs a... I don't even know what to call it. It's like this, it's called the Black Widow program. He he, basically kidnaps young girls. This is what I mean about it getting very dark because it's essentially human trafficking uh, in a Marvel movie, except it's not sex trafficking because no one has sex in Marvel movies. It's trafficking in young girls and then turning them into these mindless um, fighters and assassins. Uh, and Scarlet... As you know, or as you may know, uh, Black Widow died. Scarlet's character died in the last Avengers movie. So this is a flashback movie. So you're watching this knowing that this character died, is dead now. So that sort of hangs over the whole movie. Mm, Plus the fact that she's dealing with a... It could have been an incredibly dark and incredibly depressing movie. However, Florence Pugh, man... She is so going to be a star after this. She is clear. She is absolutely. I mean, I don't think I'm giving anything away. She is set up as as uh, Natasha's one. successor. She is the next Black Widow. Um, I mean, you can tell that by looking at the posters. She's basically in a Black Widow costume, except it's white. Um, and she is. No, I'm not going to give that away. I'm not going to give away the, her too much of her relationship or how they know each other. I just they are great together. She and. And Scarlett Johansson are really, really great awesome. together. She, Florence, um, they they make an interesting, visually they make a really interesting team because Florence is equally, if not more so, as kick-ass as Scarlett Johansson is. But Scarlett Johansson is this tall movie goddess. You know, she's tall and athletic and, and has this perfect body and everything. And, and I mean, that has been a big part of Scarlett's career. And Florence basically looks like her her baby sister in this movie. Uh, and she is positioned as that character. She acts sort of like a bratty baby sister. And when the, she, I mean, physically, she's very different from Scarlett Johansson. She's much, much shorter. She has a, a more athletic build to her. Uh, she doesn't have like that screen goddess kind of build to her. So it's a nice counterpoint to the, the way, like you have your Brie Larson's and you have your Scarlett Johansson's and various other women who have been in the MCU. And here you have this sort of short athletic looking girl who's taking over as a superhero. Mm -hmm. She's a wise ass. I mean, incredible wise ass. She gets some really great lines off and she, I mean, her fight scene, her first fight scene with, with Scarlett Johansson is jaw dropping. 
some of the fight choreography is absolutely amazing. And she can act, right? And she can act. I mean, that's also very, very well. I mean, Scarlett Johansson's a decent actress. I mean, uh, yeah. No, she is. Yeah, anyway. here we go. <laughs> My husband is such a snob. Anyway. Um, and then Rachel Weiss and um, David Harbour from uh, uh, Stranger Things are both in it. And again, they... Uh, bring a real lightness to a story that could be really, really heavy. And the scenes of the four of them, Scarlett, Florence, David, and Rachel Weisz, because I would say at least a third of the movie is the four of them acting as a team. I mean, they just crackle. The dialogue is really funny. They're all really bouncing off each other. They're all very, very different characters in a lot of ways. The only downside is... This doesn't bother me because it really doesn't bother me. And I am a guy who's carrying a lot of poundage on him, but there are a lot of fat jokes at David Harbour's expense. And some people might not like that. I know some people were really offended by the fat Thor jokes in Avengers um, Endgame. I actually wasn't, but uh, you know, and I, you shouldn't have to, just because I'm a, a you know, uh, I, don't, I don't like, yeah, I'm a fat man. Just because I'm a fat man who doesn't mind fat man jokes doesn't mean they're not wrong. Um, or they're not offensive or hurtful to other people. So I will go in, I will say that that might bother some people. A mm -hmm. lot of it, his size and the fact that he can't fit into his old, all that sort of stuff is played for laughs. That stuff doesn't bother me in the slightest, but it might bother some of I'm you. I'm surprised they have that stuff. And they I, had it in the last movie with Th when Thor got fat. Yeah, but it's so. a new movie, 2021. I don't know. That, anyway. Yeah. Um, and the other slight criticism I'll give it is that the climax of the film is way too reminiscent of other Marvel films, and it is way too specifically reminiscent. I'm not going to tell you which film it's specifically reminiscent of because it'll basically give away the climax, but it'll reach a moment where you'll be like, oh, this is exactly like the ending of X. And that's that felt a little unoriginal to me. Of all the films, it reminded me, the MCU films it reminded me of the most, uh, it surprises me to say this, but it really reminds me of Captain America, The Winter Soldier, because it has that sense of being... Um, like not a like a spy thriller. It doesn't feel necessarily like a superhero film. It starts off feeling like a spy thriller, and then it ends in this big, gigantic superhero film moment. Um, but fun. I really liked it. Um, I can't wait to see it again. I really would like to see it on the big screen because I watched it on my laptop, which is absolutely not the way the film should be seen. Um, because there are some major set pieces. There's mm -hmm. big, like they really. Let me just say this, they did write by this character who they have taken for granted for most of her history with Marvel. They really gave her a shine as a character where you got to see what she was all about. And Scarlett just got to have her moment, you know, the same kind of moment that Chris Evans got in all of his films and, and um, Robert Downey Jr. and all of them. She got to be in the spotlight. She got to be fully, fully heroic. And... I don't know how to say this. I hope this doesn't, I'll just say it, but it's the first female superhero film where it's not about her being a female. Like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, it's very much, you know, mm -hmm. woman empowerment, oh, female empowerment. And that's good and that's probably needed. But I feel like this film, which was directed by a woman, specifically avoided all those tropes. There is no girl power stuff in here. There is no you go girl moment. It is a straight up, Captain America style uh, Marvel thriller
the trafficking of young women. So clearly there is thematically, they aren't ignoring the fact that there are women at the center of the story, but it doesn't feel like a movie about womanhood, which, you know, if there, I loved the first Wonder Woman movie, but if there's one thing that is kind of a drag is that they, it really is weighed down by this idea of her being the ultimate female, you know? And just as in, Captain Marvel. There was so much, you know, they Wait, played, right? yeah, they, uh, they played, I'm just a girl, you know, they, there was so much like girl power stuff in that movie. And again, that's perfectly, perfectly understandable. And even a good thing. It's sort of like Black Panther was well, so much of that movie was about him being a black man or that being an African culture or a, an amalgam of a whole bunch of other African cultures. But I, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but it probably will be refreshing at some point when they do a, well, they did uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And obviously his blackness wasn't um, ignored in the story. They talked about redlining and about being denied loans and everything like that. And and it, it unpacked racism in America, uh, but it was sort of a step away from that model. And I feel like the next time they do a black superhero movie, they might have an opportunity to not make it about him being black. They can just make it about him being a hero. It doesn't have to be that, but I do think it's a good thing when you have type of movie that you don't like when our, this is the fourth female led superhero movie in the last uh, five years, four years, actually. And it's, and it's about her power. It's her, about her just being a hero. Just being yeah, she's yeah. she's a hero. Like her, her womanhood is obviously not incidental to any of it, but it is not the point of the story. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a healthy thing. And I I look forward to uh, some superhero movie with a black lead where his blackness or her blackness isn't the entire point of the story. It doesn't have to be incidental, but it doesn't also have to be about that. So I kind of like that about Black Widow. Um, good. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we knocked out a really short podcast, but um, we touched on Diana, Loki, uh, Black Widow, and our Las oh, and, uh, and our Las Vegas uh, yes, vacation. Yes, we're having so, time. And yeah, thank you for coming again to the Thank event. you for coming to our party. Yes, it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, we're having a great time, and yeah. And we're going to go out tonight for our last night in Vegas. Yes, yes We're going wait. to wander the strip. We're probably going to have another meal that's way too expensive and way <laughs> too rich. Um, but that's fine. Like I said, what what is the point of coming to oh, Las yeah. Vegas and yeah. not eating rich foods, drinking a little bit too much, staying up a little bit too late? And if you're into gambling, why? you know, of course. But anyway... Anyway, uh -huh. I, I want to thank you guys again. And I, I do want to mention that it's very sweet that you guys came to an event pretty much a year and a half later. Yeah, right? same thing with the people who came out yes, to see us in yes, D.C. I, last weekend. Right. And not only that, the fact that you came, number one, and number two, that you already have the book, but you bought more coffees. Oh, my God. I can't thank your, you all. Yes, for your friends, for, for your family members. And that, that means a lot to us, really. Yeah, I, I, I really mean, appreciate it. Um, our big fear with these these two events, the one in DC and the one in, in Las Vegas, was either that no one was going to show up a year and a half after the book came out or 16 months after the book came out, or that people would show up, but no one would buy a book. And 
the people who organized the event would be on the hook for like you know a whole bunch of books that nobody that didn't but that sell. didn't happen at all no you guys stepped up you kids yes, really you, you you understood that we needed uh, that support and you all bought books even though and most of you told us that you already had cut but you bought books for friends or you know that and that can't tell you enough yes. cannot tell you enough how much that means to us we've heard a few from a few people this these past two weeks who um told us that they were that we were uh part of their coming out process that right. they were able that we factored into it in some way that we served as an example to them when they were younger or that hearing us talk about our own queer lives made them realize who they were and what they needed to do and ah, guys and girls and nbs and all of you out there i cannot tell you I cannot tell you what that means to hear that. Yes. That we did not set out as bloggers or writers to become any sort of example to people or to help people out of the closet or anything right. like that. Well, we but, oh my God, a what a gift to hear right. that. And we always talk about creating a space for the community. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that our site, our podcast, newsletter, whatever, uh, is a space for some of you or so that that's that's wonderful to yes hear. and to all of you who are subscribed to our newsletter my deepest apologies oh, no. i will try and have something for you this weekend and we will get back to regular regular newsletter yes. publication but um you know uh, 10 days of book promotion just put the kibosh on any of that couldn't get it done but look for something in the next couple of days i'm going to try and do some <laughs> writing on the plane ride home and get something published over the weekend same thing with Drag Race fans, I know yes. we're way behind. We're we're um, going to wind up being two episodes behind on Drag Race Spain, and uh, we're going to be a couple days late on the latest All Stars. But we'll have them all. On we the will site. get it all done. But right now we're going to party. So uh, <laughs> once again, um, uh, until next week, and and whatever crosses our minds and crosses our desks uh, that we'll come to talk to you about. I cannot even get this yes. goodbye out of my mouth. <laughs> but. Um, can't wait to uh, get back to regular posting and regular newsletter yes. writing and all that stuff. We thank you for your patience and we'll be back next week. That's the line. We'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks. Until then, take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. <laughs>